Three mornings a week, we meet before breakfast for an early morning run. We spend most of our time planning and reflecting on what's happening in our classrooms. This has become our favorite professional development. So we figured, why not share these moments with you? Welcome to Math Before Breakfast. This is episode 71. I'm Tracy Prophet. I'm Ruth Urquiaga. And I'm Jay Prophet. And we are so thrilled to be joined by a guest today, guys. Yes. Oh, we we have, I feel like we've had a lot of together time apart, but together, you know, and it's been a while since we've had a guest. So, it has been. Um, we are so excited to be joined by Georgiana Carey. And Georgiana is a teacher at my school. She teaches fourth grade. And um, I also know her because I taught her son many years ago. Yes. Yeah. So hi, Georgiana. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. We are delighted. So unless uh, anybody has anything, you know, that they're just dying to say, I thought we'd just jump right in because I feel like we have a lot of good things to talk about tonight, today, this morning, whatever time this is. (laughs) Well, right now it's in the evening. Who knows when you may be listening to this, so just pick one of those. (laughs) Yep, that's right. (laughs) Ruth, you got anything you want to share before we just jump in? No, I'm just, it's fun to see other people's faces in this rectangle zoom that is becoming normal yeah exactly (laughs) all right so we just want to start and ask if you'll tell us a little about yourself um just tell us some of the you know some about what you do now but also what was your experience like as a math student and what are some of the roles you've had before this yeah um so like you said i'm a, a fourth grade math teacher at the ghost center now i teach math and science um, before I did, uh, before I started teaching at the Go Center this year, I taught fourth and fifth grade, but it was quite a while ago before I had my children. So in the meantime, um, I've been teaching on online at the college level. I taught um, life coaching leadership courses and in the areas of health and wellness and some psychology courses. And I've even worked at the local running store, fitting running shoes. So um, that's, that's where I know you from. Oh, is that it? Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I've probably put shoes on your feet. <laughs> you have definitely sold me some before. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of my recent work experience. Um, and you asked about math. Yeah. Um, I would say that my experience with math has been um, sort of up and down over the years. I was thinking about this, that my earliest positive experience with math was probably about, I I can't remember if it was fifth or sixth grade when I was asked to join the advanced, you know, quote, advanced math class, you know, whatever that was at that time, and was quite a boost for my self-confidence and self-esteem at that point as um, an insecure kid. Um, so that continued pretty much through high school, you know, being in those advanced classes. Then I hit freshman year of college (laughs) (laughs) and I think the wheels fell off a little bit, um, going to a large university. I went to the university of Georgia, um, in these big classes, calculus freshman year with a GA or TA, whatever you called him at the time with an accent I could not understand for the life of me. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was not, it did not go well. Yeah. Um, so at that point, I was a biology major, kind of rethought my life a little bit and switched to education. <laughs> cool. Huh. Yeah. So a um, little bit uh, of a U-turn there, but I was glad I did. It was um, 
definitely a family. It's a family career, I guess you could say. I've got several family members in education. I was probably sort of bucking the system a little bit with um, something different. And then I just went back to my roots. (laughs) So um, awesome. Yeah. So I do remember going into my first math education class. Um, and it was very different than anything I had ever experienced. I was like, wow, this is a harder than I expected. And B, I did not know there was a reason why we did things that we do. (laughs) That's cool that you got that in college. Tell me about it. I I did. I got it briefly. I will say it was one class. Um, I'll never forget the, you know, I had this cool, toolkit of like manipulatives that I just was like, whoa, this is so neat. And, you know, can't believe I'm learning, you know, what this like regrouping thing. I never thought about that before. I mean, just the basics, I guess. And um, it was really awesome for like, you know, one class. And then (laughs) that was that. Yeah. (laughs) And so there's, there's not necessarily all the time a lot of support once you get into that first job. If you don't have yeah. like a math specialist or 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 teammates like I had that yeah. know you know know those kinds of things that can kind of just like go in the background you know yes exactly yeah. so I was very um, I was very excited about that but honestly it did just kind of fade away back to the good old algorithms you know and um, teaching the methods that you know I grew up with and um, it was a great. I was a great method kid because I loved loved the rules. I loved the consistency of that, you know. So I think that probably describes a lot of us, Yeah, you know, as young people. We were talking about that tonight at dinner because Tripp was trying to spell Mike. He had seen – what was he watching? A a video with a dog with a collar, and it said M-I-C-K on it. And they were trying – Adley and Tripp were trying to debate whether it said Mike or Mick. And he thought it was Mike, and she knew it was Mick, and we, you know, so we started going with all these words, and then the sound that I R E R. We just got in this yeah. phonics conversation that I could barely keep up with, you know. Which Tracy stops. She goes, "I hate phonics. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I hate the like so many ex- exceptions to the rules. You know, I like yes. as much as I know math is creative and there's space to be creative. I do like the." follow the rule part of it too mm-hmm. yep the consistency yes, you do. <laughs> yes i really do okay before ruth is supposed to ask the next question but i have a, a an intermediate question i'm sorry I didn't, okay, sure. I, didn't, I didn't let anybody know um so you you mentioned working at the running store i have to know now that we're on quarantine um how's your running going are you being able to get out more I am getting out more the downside of that is that all those old running injuries that i had uh, before I started teaching and kind of had alleviated during my teaching yeah. time um, are coming back. So now I'm thinking about calling the physical therapist and blah, blah, blah. You know, do I need new shoes? But I am getting out more because it's definitely my sanity. So good. I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So it's like the elephant in the room. We're talking about teaching, but here we are at home. And so I'm just curious how your whole like what you're doing being at home during the virus and then I don't know like things that are working is there something that's happening that you're like oh I might do this in my classroom next year when I'm not teaching from afar right um 
So when we first started this whole thing, I felt in some ways very confident because I've done online work, you know, teaching before, not necessarily the way it is now, but just, you know, like, okay, if this is what we got to do, we're going to jump in and do it. (laughs) And, um, and so I would say that, I don't, I don't know if this answers, tell me if I'm not answering your question the way you want me to, but, um, one of the, the, my biggest concerns was just making sure that the kids still felt connected um, because we, you know, I didn't want them to feel like they were just dropped off the face of the earth and, you know, really felt like we needed to start some things right away. So um, I didn't start necessarily teaching like um, over Zoom right away, but we did a lot of connecting over Zoom and um, and then started, you know, putting some things in Google Classroom for them to do. But we really kind of started slow with that. But just recently, um, we're starting to do some things like, um, like I know Tracy did something with third grade today. Um, what was that, estimating? It was, it was a es- Estimistory by Estimistory, Steve, yes. Steve Wyborny, yeah. Yeah, and um, so this week I tried open middle problems with my kids. And um, it kind of went the way that Tracy was saying with the third grade, it wasn't like, this high energy thing. In fact, I told her I was really worried that I overshot the whole thing, that this was too difficult. There's no way they're interested in this. Um, I gave them the problem and I waited, trying to have that good wait time and waiting and waiting and waiting. And, um, and then finally they start, I was like, well, do y'all need a hint? No, 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 no. Wait, wait. I know. I know. Wait, you know, don't tell me yet. <laughs> that kind of thing, yeah. you know? You know, Georgiana, I think the problem with the waiting, because I was doing that in my Zoom sessions, when I'm waiting in the classroom, I'm walking around and I'm yes. seeing their papers and I'm like, ooh, they're really close. And I'm encouraging myself. But when I'm just looking at the screen <laughs> and your head's down... <laughs> Just looking like, at some are foreheads. Are you faking yes. it? Like, I know. that's the part that makes the waiting hard. Yes. Like, are you drawing pictures right now? I mean, I can't tell, you know. Yeah. But it was really encouraging when they started <laughs> being like, no, wait, don't tell me. You know, let me figure it out. Um, so it did end up going well. And we, we ended up getting through two of those and um, giving them what I gave them an assignment, like for a homework and I've heard from several of them and, you know, I've even gone back and said, okay, what was your thinking when you figured this out? And they were able as best they could to tell me some of that. That was the other thing that was, I think, difficult was, I don't know how you feel about it, but like really getting them to kind of explain their thinking in this environment was kind of hard, you know, so. Um, so I understand that it's kind of hard, but I also having access to Google Classroom and a student who can like type their thinking Mm. in the little comment like to private comment to mrs e and not have it count against their grade Mm. i feel like students who don't normally talk in class are giving me a little bit more in the comments oh yeah i noticed that tracy we talked a little bit about the problem that i gave with the flour and the butter yeah and it was just really cool to see all the different ways that students were thinking about it. I mean, yeah, I could sort them into your mom was in the room and she told you what to write and she told you to write this neat and she <laughs> helped you and you already know how to divide and this didn't provide you any kind of like higher level thinking. Mm-hmm. And then there was this group in the middle who were like, hmm, I don't really know exactly what to do, but I know how to do this. So it was 
it was a good problem. It was a good mix of those students being able to share their thinking without the embarrassment of being heard. Right. 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 I think that the other, to speak to that, you know, comfort level, I do find that there are students that are more open to talk in this manner than they are in the classroom. I've had several very quiet students, just very chatty on Zoom. And then the other day we tried the breakout rooms on Zoom. And so then that was even smaller environment and I could pop in and out and, you know, check on them. And I did notice that some of the quieter ones were just blah, 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 you know, so that it, that was kind of a cool thing about this. Hmm. You get to sort of see a different side of them, I guess. Um, The other thing that I really took away from that time was I could really feel this sense that they have missed collaborative learning so much. Like they've missed being together in this learning environment where they're bouncing ideas or they're, you know, just having side conversations. They just have missed that. I could really tell. And I wasn't even thinking about that actually when we did it, but it was just this obvious like, oh, here are my people and we're going to think together, you know? So that was cool. Were you able to to sort of replicate that even a little bit in the Zoom? Do you feel like? Oh, like yeah. That? that That's where I saw it, like in okay. the Zoom yeah. chat. That's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really neat to see. And I don't know, I guess part of it might be because we've spent so much social time um, leading up to this, that okay. we they're more and more comfortable, I think, in this environment. So cool. So Ruth, today was the first day that I did Zoom with any students besides my own. We I, we did have a moment this week where everyone in this house was zooming together. Oh yeah, yeah, we did because <laughs> we were trying something. I was practicing. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I did um, third grade Zoom, um, and she probably had fifteen ish kids on there and it was first of all it was funny just so funny because they like changed their names like to funny stuff and I could like who is that you know I I basically know these kids but I'm like (laughs) I can't figure out who I'm looking at um and one kid the whole entire time had her image upside down and then she was just constantly changing the pictures behind her (laughs) um they would like take their pencil and put it up to the camera you know like everything just all the things wow (laughs) Um, so see, I had to break out with like zoom rules yeah. and if you break the rules, you just got to go. Yeah. Zoom etiquette, zoom etiquette. Yeah. So it, so I will say that it, it, I, I mean, I, they're not, I'm not their teacher. So I, I, it's hard for me to do any kind of like, I don't know, to know them well, but I didn't see the same kind of collaboration mainly because there's this fear that if you like open it up, you're going to completely lose control, you know, mm-hmm. it, in, a, in a room of third graders that they are pretty fast at it. They know like how to change all the things and do all the, you know, they, they were kind of telling me what to do at some points. Yeah. Um, so I, it, that will be, that'll be interesting to figure out, like, how can you keep what you have going, you know, the mm-hmm. collaborative part. Well, I think part of what was on my side is I didn't have 30. I mean, I, I had probably maybe 15, 18 kids. Okay. And, and I left. If they can all fit on one screen, you yes. feel like you have control. Yes. Because you can see. But the first time I did it, I had 52 boys. Oh, gosh. Oh. And then I did another one with, I well, have first done I did the time. girls. But you just didn't know. Yeah. I mean, 
it was like first day we're home. Hi, I miss you. Let's all the girls. And the girls were just like, they waited for each other to talk and <laughs> we didn't have to mute anyone. And the boys were like the Brady Bunch, like, hey, up there. Yeah. You know, it was just their whole windows and all that stuff. So yeah. I had to like, well, I'll just tell you that we, it was all the teachers and all the boys. So we could answer all their questions the first week. And we haven't done it since then yeah. because <laughs> That's fine. it was just crazy. But you are yeah. doing, Ruth, you are doing a lot of one-on-one help through video, right? So today at 10 o'clock, I FaceTimed and I had a student or students every hour until five o'clock. Yeah. Oh, wow. A FaceTime or a Zoom link. But holy cow, when you can have like, 15 or 20 minutes with just me and I can see what you're doing and help you with your problem, then you just feel like I got this, yeah. you know? And so I do, um, twice a week at like noon or one say, if you want extra help with math, zoom, log in and everyone's on mute and I give them the problem and you give me the little thumbs up if you have it. And then I do it. So there's not really any interaction. I, I just have to like control it because, well, yeah, they're sixth that's, graders. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's a combination of boys and girls. Um, so another thing that we were talking about as sixth grade teachers is we've noticed I have five classes and you know, you have the class that gives you the hardest time. They don't turn in their assignments. They're chatty, whatever. It really is kind of like that. Even, at home like those huh. personalities are the same amazing their personalities yeah. are the same it's just Imagine. i don't it's know how kids. you can even when you don't ever see them like there's a couple that i haven't seen since we left school because they don't ever come to zoom it's never required but you just can identify them i think having had a relationship with them to start this process makes a big difference yeah. than just like welcome to the new school year it's online and i'm your teacher right Let's let's just knock on all the wood and hope we don't have to start. Yes, goodness. (laughs) Okay, before I move on to the next question, can you tell us which open middle problem you did with your horse or you don't have to tell the exact one, but like what was the kind of problem that you did? Um, Well, one of them I did was um, it was a Mother Hubbard arranged the cookies. Did you do you know that one? I don't know that one. Um, You do? I don't know. Oh, okay. So it was like, it was kind of fun because it was also a story. So she was cooking, cook, making cookies. She made 109 cookies on four different cookie sheets. And she was arranging them four different ways using the numbers zero through nine. Okay. Um, and so they had to get to 109, but, you know, they could always only use the numbers zero through nine in four different arrangements. So... Um, a lot of them got it, like when they used the zero, but then we talked about how that didn't really make sense because you wouldn't have zero in a row of cookies. So okay. that was a fun conversation to have. And then, um, but then like one of the students, um, she figured it out that way. I think she was a little bummed that, you know, oh, I got the answer. And then, you know, you have to go back to the drawing board because yeah. the whole open middle thing is you want them to have several tries. And um and so then she came back and said, oh, I just did some tweaking. I just used what I had and I just tweaked it and got the answer. So so that was a fun one. And then we did another one that was a, they actually, instead of putting in numbers, they put in the operation. And I, I think it was, it was like a, 
um, it was kind of like an order of operations problem. Okay. But instead of the numbers they put in, do you multiply, add, subtract, or divide? So cool. that was that was cool. And it t- that was the one that I was worried. I was like, oh, no, I've overdone it. <laughs> you know, but they they did a good job with it. And then the last one that I gave them to go home with was, uh, or to do later, <laughs> was yeah. they had to add three fractions to get the n- number one. So they could use, you know, one through nine to, uh, I think to get I've to d- number one. I think I've done that one. Cool. Yeah. We'll put so. all of those in our show. We'll link those in our show notes yeah. in case you want to try them out. Great. Awesome. So I heard from you one day that you had given your son an open middle problem to try. Do you want to tell us about that? Sure. Yeah. He, um, it was funny, Ruth, because like you said about, you know, if you had 20 minutes with each kid or that small window of time, even just one-on-one, how much you can get done. Because even he said at the beginning of all this, if I had that time, if I just had 20 minutes with each teacher, you know, I'd I'd learn so much more. I'll get so much more done so much quicker, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, as he was trying to figure all this out, I was just trying to give him something to do that was going to expand his thinking maybe a little differently. And we had some, you know, the problems that we had, Tracy, from the problem, Empowered Problem Solving course. Yeah. And I gave him a couple of those to do. And um, and he loved it. He loves solving like a puzzles, you know, or some kind of a, you know, like a riddle or a problem. I mean, and to him, that was just like fun, you know, so he really enjoyed it. He, he was very um, engaged with it. So, and, but I did, but it was fun to watch him at first be like, oh, I got it. I got the answer. And then look at it and be like, oh, I I used that number twice or, you know, things like that. So it was cool to see him kind of go through the process. That's awesome. Yeah. He loved it. So I'm glad. I, that's what I love about that open middle is how they have so many different levels. I didn't even realize that until yeah. I got on that website and started searching around that from kindergarten up through high school. So yeah, it was cool. I like that you can give them and not tell them what grade they are because sometimes, as even a teacher, the second grade problems are like, whew, yeah, this one required me to do something. <laughs> yes, that's like true. we had a problem in that class it was a time one right yeah Tracy that that was hard (laughs) and I think that was second grade yeah we were all texting I I was like I need help guys help me out here (laughs) we got it together yes (laughs) good yeah um so speaking about the empowered problem solving I was not in the class but I heard a good bit about it um what were some of your takeaways what are the things that you you think you really gained from that, from that class? Um, so that, that class was just so, I don't, I don't even know. It, it was so practical, but simple and eye opening all at the same time. You know, it was like, you know, this is why we need to change problem solving, um, practical problem solving because the, um, I don't know if they're formulas or the, what do you call it? Like cube or. Yeah. Yeah. The algorithm, the strategies, those just really aren't working and kids aren't learning how to think through, um, you know, problems in a, in a, a way that is, you know, organized and, um, but they feel, they feel comfortable with it, you know, and, you know, just to take, 
uh, a problem, and he he gave us a what was was it the problem, the worksheet was the, it the, the framework? Yes, uh, the fr- the framework, problem solving framework. I think problem solving pr- framework. That is definitely something that I'm going to use next year in my class because um, it really gives them it gives them a it's a worksheet, but it's it's basically just you know. What do you know? What do you need to know? Here's a giant space to do your work because you're going to need a giant space to do your work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what is it you're trying to figure out and what is your estimate? I mean, basically, that's it in that yeah. in that worksheet. But it's it's very powerful um, kind of a strategy to give the kids, you know, something that they can really think through instead of just look for your keywords you know, what are the numbers, you know, let's just take the numbers out of the problem and work with those, you know. Yeah. Um, the other thing about uh, that that I really took away was you might think a kid knows how to solve a problem because they know how to do the number crunching, but they don't really understand why. Um, he gave an example of kids that knew how to solve for perimeter but he had no, they had no idea, you know, when he would ask the question maybe in a different way, what perimeter really meant. Um, so he really emphasized that, you know, you might think that they know, but do they really know, you mm-hmm. know? So that was kind of a, that was an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing that I really appreciated about um, his practice was that you know, the planning that went into teaching these lessons on um, on solving problems is, you know, it takes a lot of planning to go through the process of, you know, what is, what am I real what are the math concepts I'm really trying to get at? What are the questions that I am going to ask and then anticipate the answers? Um, because he went through this whole process of, you know, taking the student's um, answers that they come up with and then using that as part of your lesson for the next, you know, the next session or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And so that was really difficult and it's really going to take a lot of practice on my part, but yeah. I am I'm willing to do it because <laughs> I think it's going to it's going to reap a lot of benefits if I can really take these, you know, answers that they have given me and structure them in a way that I'm, I'm hitting some key math concepts along the way, it'll just make more sense to the kids. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, but, that um, was great. I have a question but, real quick. Oh, yes. go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that the, the other great thing about his workshop was that he really made you feel like, you know, um, this is not going to come without its issues. You know, you're going to have unanticipated you know, questions, scenarios, things that are going to come up, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to prepare for, and that's okay. So I really appreciated that perspective too. Is it like a safe environment, (laughs) you know, to get this, you know, nailed down? Cool. Well, I've got two things because I really appreciate that as well. Um, You know, a, a huge part of my job from day to day is working with college faculty who are preparing to teach online. And they always want to go, they always want to know, well, how hard is this going to be? And I could tell them, oh, it's, you're going to breeze right through it. But that would be a lie, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I say, you know, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot of time your first go around. And you're going to, it, you know, 
But once you've done it once, the next time is a little bit easier. Next time, anyway, and I, I appreciate people that don't, you know, say, "Oh, this is the miracle uh, solution, and you're never going to have to work hard another day in your life." Yeah. Um. So I, yes. I appreciate that. But the other question I had was, you mentioned something about knowing where the problems um, may come up and preparing for that. Mm-hmm. And is that something that I'm, I'm trying to say? Is that something that you guys well, I will say I never took a math education class in college. I was a music teacher and fortunately didn't have to do those. <laughs> um, but is that something that they taught you, you like, you know, prepare or, or you know, know where students are going to be messing things up and to kind of look for those common problem areas? No, I mean, in my mind, I mean, I never had anybody tell me that besides Tracy Prophet. <laughs> she would say, you know, this is this might be where they they, you know, hit a wall or this might be their stumbling block, you know, but I I never even thought to think through those things. Well, and I think that Tracy Prophet told you that because it happened in her class. Exactly. So Jay, are you ever taught that? No, but it that's part of teaching like wow. This kid really doesn't think like I do. Well, I was and, asking because as a music as a music major and music teacher, we were taught to examine scores and examine pieces of music and find the find the trouble areas and hmm. find the the sections that students are going to have trouble with and to design really? our rehearsals around those areas and design rehearsals so that you, you know, are are not hammering on something that's hard nonstop and not given a break or, or, you know, circle around. And and, that, and when you said that, it made me think, oh, that makes a lot of sense. That's the way I was taught to arrange a rehearsal. But I wonder if I'd, I'd never heard that, you know, from just in general talking about math education or, or other, other subjects. I, I, that's interesting. I mean, I think that there's some element of error analysis sometimes that you might have tried, like looking at kids wrong work and what was, that's maybe the extent yeah. of it. Um, I mean, what we're really, let's put a fancy term to it, what we're really talking about here is pedagogical content knowledge, which doesn't, it's so hard to get that in a class. I haven't been able to make that tally mark in a long time. Yeah, I've said it. I I like that word so much, (laughs) I have to say. (laughs) But, um, but, like, that's exactly what we're talking about, is Mm -hmm. that um, you can get some pedagogical knowledge and you can get some content knowledge, but that, that, I don't know what conglomeration or whatever marrying of those two things really one of the only ways to get it is through walking through it and and watching it happen and seeing them. I think, you know, people have talked about how like case studies are a way to maybe like speed it up a little bit, which is where you read someone's explanation or description of them teaching the lesson. And then like you, you would read what the students are doing and then you'd read some about what the teacher's thinking like you can kind of speed up your Mm -hmm. acquiring of that knowledge somewhat but it's Mm -hmm. it's really not going to be yours until you've walked through it oh yeah Yeah. which is true for so many things right (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. um and you know one thing that we did in that empowering problem solving class as a group was you know we would try we would solve these problems as a group and so we had an opportunity to see how other people would do things um, and how they would solve problems, you know, and that was an experience that I had not really had before, you know, just getting some ideas of, oh, well, I could have a student solve it 
the way that Tammy did it, or I could have a student solve it the way that Amanda did it, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, that was good feedback. You, I mean, I know you probably can't do that for every single lesson, but it's kind of, it would be kind of cool to at least get someone else's input if you really have maybe something you're trying to present, you know, in a, you know, kind of a cool way yeah. so that you really get some idea of, you know, what to expect maybe. Yeah. So. I feel like that's what Ruth and I do all the time. So, mm-hmm. You know, we have the advantage well, that's of that. that's what I was going to reference is in our last episode when we spent all that time trying to draw those fractions and figure that out. That <laughs> Jay was so was over it. <laughs> our pedagogical content. We still haven't figured it out. In fact, sometimes I just still sit here and these are all of my little post-it notes that I've doodled. I'm still trying to figure out yeah. why it works, yeah. but... Anyways, um, I don't want to get into it again because no. that's what pedagogical content to me means, you know, like you just spend time really figuring out why. Yeah. Um, I am looking forward to where so that there were um, seven of us that did this um, class together and six of us are going to continue on and do the coursework to get university credit for it. Now we've kept saying his, his, his. Have we said whose class this we've is? We've mentioned it other times, but okay. not on this podcast. So this is Robert Kaplinsky's Empowered Problem Solving course, and you can find it on Grassroots Workshop. Um, so, oh, you got me off track there, buddy. Um, the oh, six, six of you yeah, are continuing Yeah, so we're, we're continuing on, and I think that Potentially, some of us are going to use some of this maybe downtime. I don't know if you can call it that for all of us, but, you know, we're going to use some of this time before we go back to school, whenever we might go back to say, okay, here's a task I think I'm going to try next school year when we go Mm -hmm. back. Let's let's do this one together. So I am really excited about doing that in a a team. It's going to be good. Um. So you mentioned when you were telling us about your your different roles that you've had that you took some time off to have kids. And so I'm just curious, this was your first year back, I'm just curious about um, what are some of the things that were big changes or areas of growth from when you taught um, before and, and this year mm-hmm. back? Um, well, first of all, coming back to teaching after so many years was like drinking from a fire hydrant. (laughs) All the knowledge and content and everyone's, you know, ideas and just, it was just, it was a a lot this year. I felt like from, and also I got hired pretty much at the very start of the year. So it was like, you know, one one day you're working in a running store and teaching online at home, and the next day you're like in the class. Well, we went in the classroom, but you were doing, you know, professional development stuff and everything. Yeah. Um. So it was a lot. Um. But I will say that one thing that I was thinking it it, it is an advantage is that I have not developed years of habits that I need to change. You know. Um. That if there is a change happening with, because I Robert Kaplinsky, I keep referring back to his workshop, but yeah. you know one thing that he talked about was the difference between change and transition. And you know if you're going to go with teaching problem solving, you know, in, in this more of a conceptual way, then you're not going to make that tra- a transition. You're going to make a change, and then the transition is going to come along. Right. So for that just being one example of, you know, I haven't 
you know, developed years of using a certain method, you know, teaching math besides my own, you know, uh, you know, experience with the algorithmic world, right? Sure. <laughs> um, following the rules, but I, you know, I feel like I can really absorb some of this information, um, whereas I, I'm not having to like backtrack, you know, and rethink. I'm, I'm, um, it's almost like being um, a first year teacher with experience, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, I've got experience with teaching. I've got experience with children. I'm, but I'm coming back and learning all this cool stuff, you know? So that's been really, that's been really neat. Like I have just feel like I've just been drinking in all of this stuff and the, the frustration I was having from August to middle of March was just, I didn't have time to learn it all. You know, I don't have, and so I was looking forward to summer and being like, okay, I've got a list of things I want to do. I want to get these, you know, these concepts put into some kind of framework and I want to really, um, you know, dive into this. And I just had no, no time. Well, then middle of March, (laughs) all of a sudden I've got time. So I've really been trying to take advantage of it. Not to say there's not days that I don't just stare out the window, but I have really been trying to read, listen to uh, webinars and things that's, you know, just adding hopefully to my learning that I can put more into practice in the fall. So, um, I've, I know I've forgotten your question. <laughs> no, well, well, you. I think you answered it great. Okay. <laughs> um, are there some things that you are really proud of this year? Yeah, I would say that um, I am proud of the relationships that I've built with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I hopefully have left them in a place where they're not scared of math, that they have... Uh, one thing I really embraced in the beginning of the year that you had introduced me to Joe Bowler's U cubed mm-hmm. uh, website. Yeah. And um, we just started talking right away about the growth mindset in math. And, um, you know, when I showed them, I showed them one of the videos that she has on there about how even when you get the wrong answer or you fail, quote, fail, you know, um, in math or you do something that wasn't quite right and you have to go back to the beginning and start again, how your the synapses in your brain are still connecting and they're still firing and you're still growing. And, you know, like I had one little girl who at the beginning of the year, she just would come up to me and say, Miss Carrie, I'm just not, I'm just not good at math, you know, mm-hmm. and she just seemed really defeated. And um, so we just, you know, over and over again, we just bring this at least once a week, we would talk about this whole growth mindset. And I, and I think as a mom, I'm like, um, are you kidding me? You're nine. (laughs) Like, don't tell me you're not good at math. You know, like you, you have your whole life, you know, to, to (laughs) work this out. (laughs) And, um, and then by the end of the, um, our time, I felt like she was embracing it, you know, and I didn't hear her say that anymore. And I, she was having some gains. So I was really proud of that. It's very encouraging. So, yeah. yeah. And I had some other kids that I was really proud of, like the way that they, um, took some of the tools that we were using. Like I had one student, um, who was very visual. He would just doodle in his sketch pad all the time. And he was good at math, but not always, 
like engaging in the lesson because he was drawing his action figures or whatever. Right. Yeah. And um, I told Tracy this story that one time we decided to do a choral counting with um, number lines and in, in fourths. So we were going up by fourths. And then I added a visual with the I'm using I'm using all y'all's podcast things. So I'm it's <laughs> a plug. Good so plug. the guy who did the math visuals. Yeah. Ever Berkeley. Yes. Ever Berkeley. Yeah. 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 So those were so cool. So we did the choral counting as we were watching the visuals. So it would like show the different um numbers as they would come up in whole numbers and fractions. Well, he was just completely taken by that and ended up filling a whole page in his precious sketchbook of, you know, a number sequence. Like he went, then he, he went to thirds and did, you know, one third, two thirds, three thirds, you know, and he would just did this whole picture and, you know, every number on the number line had a picture underneath of it as cool. if it were being expanded out like that. So I, those were just the fun, cool moments. Yeah. I mean, besides the fun games we played and things like that but yeah it was it's neat to see that individual excitement you know that's awesome that's better than so oh, go ahead Ruth I was just gonna say you talk about like drinking from a water hose and I I feel like that like when you go to a conference mm. and you get all of these good things and then you're home and you're like I'm not gonna be able to do all yeah. of this so you have to like pick that one thing or something that you're going to implement into your classroom. Have you thought about that for next year? Like what you want to do in your classroom next year without, you know, being like, I'm going to do everything, you know, be the best at all of it. I think just, I think if you just strip all of the things away, what I, what I at the very core want to do is make sure I personally have a handle on the essential skills um like you were talking about i don't know what y'all were doing with fractions but you know that just making sure that i have a good understanding of um i feel like i'm developing a better understanding of of like number sense and the importance of that and um just the you know, different things that I maybe struggled with last year, like teaching long division. Like there's two things that I lost sleep over, long division and fractions. <laughs> and I want to make sure I have more of a solid understanding myself of the concepts behind that as I teach it in a more um, like hands-on way. Um, the other thing that I have discovered that I need to learn and do better at is making that link between the concept and the um, the algorithm. Um, I feel like I need a better like linking lesson, you know, like to go in between like, you know, this is the idea. Let's play with these. Let's pull apart, you know, base 10 blocks and do all of this. You know, this is the algorithm. You know, the link that goes in the middle is kind of what I need to hone down a little bit. So mm-hmm. I guess more it's more conceptual, like some of the things that I I'm, are my goals, you know. I mean, it's not just, I do want to, I am going to implement a lot of the problem-solving strategies that we learned with um, Empowered Problem Solving. And and I love the different tools and things that we've used, but, um, but just that basic knowledge, I want to just make sure that I have 
more comfort with. I know I'll always be learning, but I want a, a more of a level of comfort than just jumping in with two feet and not knowing exactly what I'm doing. You know, I just, I just listening to you though, going like you learned so much this year. Like you, you were not afraid to try stuff, which is so cool. Like I'm just thinking about conversations that we've had. And then you would tell me you listen to podcasts and, you know, just like you just tried so many things, which is so awesome. And, and now that you've gotten one or more tries under your belt, I think Mm. next year when you go back, you'll be like, okay, these are the things that didn't work. Let me think about how to tweak it to make it you know I I think year three is the sweet spot um often like year two (laughs) so year one you're just like what the heck is going on and then year two you're like I'm gonna fix it you know I'm gonna I'm gonna fix all the things and then year three you're like oh it worked last year I'm gonna you know not everything we don't I would never say to do exactly the same thing but year three you're like okay last year when I fixed it it worked so now I can repeat this little piece and then work on the next thing so Yeah. yeah. yeah That gives me hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. Kudos to you because you have wow. done so much learning and and just such cool things coming out of your classroom this year, for sure. Well, it's been such a fun ride. And, um, and I told Tracy that when we stopped, I felt like I had been cut off in the middle of a marathon. Well, actually, I felt like I'd been cut off at mile 20 in a marathon, you know, like yeah. you're like, this is going to be tough, but it's going to be worth it. And we're almost done. And it was just kind of this stunned feeling of not being able to complete something. So, yeah. um, I, you know, I hopefully think... next year we won't have that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fingers crossed. Yes. Did you know Georgiana has run the Boston Marathon? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. You have. It's a great marathon. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Is it me? Yeah, it's you. That's why I'm All pointing right. at you. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, you've talked about, you know, stuff that you've learned. You've talked about stuff you're excited about doing next year. Um, is there anything else that, you know, you, that you have that you're thinking about that you'd, you know, that we didn't ask you, just, just something that, that you're excited about or that you've enjoyed um, that you, that you want to share with us? Um, I think that I just, you know, I, I mean, I, I would just encourage anyone that's listening to learn as much as they can. I, I feel like, you know, it is a blessing to be able to be, you know, specifically teaching math and science because then you can really focus in and hone in a little bit, but, um, you know, being a lifelong learner is just so important. And, you know, that is, um, you know, I guess it's one thing that I feel like really kind of got me through this year, you know, just feeling like, okay, I didn't, maybe that didn't go well, but I'm going to learn how to do it better Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do it better, (laughs) you know? So, um, you know, that's, that's definitely something I learned this year. You know, I, I think in the last, 20 years when I was raising children and, you know, before that, when I was teaching, then, um, you know, I, I would probably say that I implemented that in other ways, like, you know, marathons or whatever. But, um, I was really glad to be back using this part of my, my brain and this part of my experience. So, um, yeah, so that it, I'm also reading this book. Can I tell you about it? Please, <laughs> please, please do. do. Yes. Okay. Um, it's by Angela Duckworth. It's called Grit, the Power of Passion and Perseverance. 
I know you. I know nobody else can see that, but I'll show that to you guys. Yeah. Hmm. Have you heard of it? Yes. I've heard you of have. it, but I haven't okay. read it. I think it's it's pretty neat. I mean, I'm I I haven't finished it, but I'm um I just find it interesting because this is also something that you know with I think being a a mom, you know, having kids now in college and older kids in high school, you know, I really I, the math is important, but I really want to focus on encouraging them to you know continue and per- persevere even when things are difficult and um. You know, I would say that as a teacher that my my role is more to help them pursue learning than mm-hmm. it is even anything specific. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, okay, we have to end. I think you've, you've given us a great takeaway, but we, we do usually end with takeaways if anybody wants to share one. I've got a few things. Okay. And these are actually takeaways that I brought with me. Does that make uh, sense? Yeah. Carry carryouts. Yeah. Deliveries. <laughs> um, two things that have that I've found this week that I think are kind of mathy and kind of interesting. Uh, one was just today. My daughter. Well, the, the whole family has been you know playing with Lego lately. We've yeah. watched Lego Masters, the Fox show about kind of like a reality show with people building Legos and and you know the kids and I have built some things and rebuilt some things that had gotten busted over the last year and. My daughter asked for, um, she said, she wants a, a dragon Lego kit. And we went and looked on Lego's website. And let's just say their dragon kits are less than exciting. Mm-hmm. They're pretty basic or pretty small. Um, and so she had said something about, well, I want to, is there like a, a program or a software that I can use to design Lego things? So I went looking and there's, you know, Lego itself makes a software. There's a bunch of things out there, but I found one called Mecha Bricks, M-E-C-A-B-R-I-C-K-S dot com and they have some other stuff on their on their website but it's also a, like a lego it looks like sketchup for lego and you know i just showed to the kids after dinner tonight and they right on it trips already come down once how do you rotate a brick and you know how you do this and how you do that and and it's pretty that one's pretty cool i have only messed with it for you know you know, you know i've only played with it a couple times this afternoon but it's really neat the other thing that i have come across and i haven't tried this i haven't done this personally so i can't vouch for how quality it is but um several years ago i came across the website breakout edu and they pro- they um prepare and make you know kind of like escape room breakout box kits um specifically for like classroom use and school use right and they started off really i'm not gonna say basic but there wasn't a lot of stuff on the website it was you know i think one guy and kind of had this idea and it's developed and gotten bigger and, and there's more stuff there now but this, the, for the last week, they've had something called Breakout EDU Live. And every day at 2 p.m. Eastern or whatever that is, 11 Pacific, um, they have like a live breakout, like online breakout. And I haven't done it yet, so I don't know exactly what the live part is, but they have archived the videos since last Wednesday. Cool. So you can go back and see what it was. I was I pulled on one up a little while ago, but I didn't, I didn't want to get into it because I would... Not been paying attention to you guys. Yeah, good job, um, good choice. But <laughs> I think if you're interested in in breakout, you know, escape rooms, breakout stuff, it may be kind of fun. I'm just thinking about maybe trying to. And it's, it's, I mean, it's for the kids, but they say you know get your parents involved in this kind of stuff. So I'm thinking about maybe grabbing the kids tomorrow and trying that. What the, was the um, one that you used? I'm sorry. What was the one that you used? 
Didn't you say you did uh, like a breakout? Oh, we did breakout rooms like within Zoom. But I was going to say um, fifth grade Go Center has done breakout EDU with the breakout rooms in Zoom. Gotcha. And they've had a great time with it. So cool. that's a great resource. Yeah. Awesome. Hmm. I have to think about that. Ruth, do you have a takeaway? Um, I just did a little Google on um, grit. Mm-hmm. That is, I feel like I could probably pass that on to my son. You know, sometimes our adult children needs encouragement too. Um, and I saw there's a TED Talk. Was, Angela did a TED Talk several years ago. It's pretty good. You just you yeah. just mentioned her from just... by first name like she was your buddy. She and I hang out. We're BFFs. <laughs> she oh, okay. and Berkeley and I, we all hang out. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so, yeah, that I'm going to – and I think just listening to you, Georgiana, and Tracy saying year three is the sweet spot and me feeling like I've had a lot of sweet spots, like – I'm dividing how many years I've been teaching into groups of three. <laughs> um, but as long as you have that willingness to just be a lifelong learner, I feel like you can be a quality teacher. And I need to adopt that, like drinking from a garden hose and learning this online school. Cause I don't know if you know this, but I'm required to teach all of the objectives they're going to miss and hold them accountable for it and write lesson plans for every day. Um, and I have learned so much technology just in the last, you know, two and a half weeks. And I have three computers up here and literally I can be zooming a kid over here and talking to a kid on my FaceTime over here about completely different assignments, you know, while getting an email from a mom who's like, this assignment was way too hard. I don't know why he thought he could do it himself. Gosh. Yeah. It's exhausting. So. I, I, we don't have those kind of expectations, you know, but I've heard other people say that they are working harder and it's more tiring than working a school day. For sure. So, mm. I think my takeaway is to think some more about what you said about um, – your students missing the collaboration and and how they like felt that in in this virtual setting and just thinking like trying to unpack that a little bit more I'm going to be I'm going to be thinking about that um I'm excited to get invited to a class next next week I guess did I tell you that that I'm I'm going to zoom with fifth grade um and so these are my students that I taught yay so I have that that relationship you know better relationship with them so I'm really I'm going to be thinking about what can I do not just it's going to be cool and make them go, ooh, that was fun, but what? how can I put in the collaboration piece in there? So you've left me thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Do you awesome. have – you've you've given a lot – did you have – were you going to say no, something? No, I said awesome. I want to – okay, great. I want to give you an opportunity if you have any takeaways that you want to say, but if not, that's okay too. Oh, for me? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you don't um, have to. I just I, – I mean – now, I, I don't know if this is a takeaway, but I just really appreciate you guys. You're definitely part of my learning um, and growing. And I've told Tracy, I I text her and say, hey, which podcast should I listen to on my run? <laughs> so um, I really do appreciate all three of you and what you're doing with this. Well, thank you for your encouragement. Yes. Too. It's, it's, yeah. it's really like sometimes I'll text Ruth like, look, someone's listening and it's helping. <laughs> so I enjoy good. it because... 
I don't. My friends don't listen to this podcast. Yeah. I'm not in the the math nerd circles that Tracy and Ruth are. So, <laughs> like, they have all these friends that they talk about or have listened to it or this. None of my friends say, no. "Hey, Jay, I listen to your podcast." <laughs> so it's good to have people that I know that yeah. have listened. Awesome. Well, we we've been struggling to think about how to end because we can't say see you tomorrow on a run because we won't <laughs> see each other. We we stopped running together um, recently, but. One day, the three of us should run together for sure. Yes, for sure. We can celebrate the end of quarantine. And I'll meet you at the end for coffee. Okay, that sounds good. (laughs) You can cheer us on. There we go. Perfect. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was great. We really appreciate it. It was fun. It was nice to meet you. It was great to meet you, too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.